what's up you guys i am so excited to be back with a new episode of just grow with it for you all and uh, on today's episode we have somebody who is very near and dear to my heart and her name is Roz humphreys uh Roz and i met about eight or nine years ago actually between a mutual friend who was we were both super close with but we hadn't met until it was when that friend introduced us um and she has just such an incredible woman. Um, I know she is going to drop so much wisdom and just so much insight in this episode. So please do your best to soak it all up. She's an incredible mother. She is recently promoted to a grandmother, a wife. She actively is involved and in pursuit of various uh, ministries within her church and various projects and things that she's partnered in. She's a leader. She is a speaker. She's a teacher, uh, and she's also a published author. And these are all things that I'm sure we're going to tap into and get to discuss on today's episode. Uh, But I really just wanted to talk about how special she is of a person to me. Uh, In a very hard time in my life, she was somebody who had constantly been pouring uh, love and support into me. And she's always been somebody who calls out the greatness in others, including myself. She has always encouraged me. She's always pushed me um and she's just always been such a truth teller to me and she's somebody that I truly admire and look up to even if we're not talking all the time we're in constant contact I know that she's somebody I could call with anything and she just drops such you know godly perspective and truth and uh just has such a incredible posture of heart and charisma about her Uh, I know you guys are gonna love her as much as I do so with that being said let's get started with the show what's up guys and welcome back to just grow with it I am super excited today because I have somebody who I have actually known for quite some time um, and kind of through this and just having the opportunity to ask her if she would come do an episode with me. Uh, we got to reconnect. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm also very excited about what she's going to share with us tonight. So with that being said, I would like to introduce uh, a very special friend of mine, Roz, and I'm going to ask Roz to kind of just tell us a little bit about herself who she is, and kind of what she's about. Alrighty. So, you know, that's a question that I usually ask my students when I am doing the identity class. I tell them, who are you? And of course, they um, usually pick the role that best defines them, that describes their life at that point in time. So usually I collect all that information and I tell them, well, that's your due. What happens when you stop your due? Mm-hmm. Then who are you? And um, <clears throat> I remember one time, you know, the Lord asked me a question that um, stumped me. And um, I was like, wow, I've never been asked that. And he was like, you know, who are you if, for example, you're stripped of all of your due? Mm-hmm. Who, who do you say that you are? So um, I usually start with, I am the daughter of the Most High God. Love that. Because that is, that foundation basically spills over to whatever your due is, whether it's, you know, being out in the marketplace, being in ministry, um, being with family, whatever it is, that really defines you and how you Um, are, you know, in those different spaces, right? Mm -hmm. So I know, long answer, right? (laughs) No, that's exactly what I want. That was so good. (laughs) Um, So you know that I am a mother. I'm a mother of two adult daughters. One is married, one is engaged. I'm 
a grandmother this year. I'm very happy about that. I've been married for almost 37 years. Love that. Um, I work for a technology company for a few years now. I am going to retire, I hope, in the next five years. Very nice. <laughs> I am in ministry, um, and I also am an author. So, I mean, different hats, right? You wear a lot of different hats, that's different for sure. Different hats, different hats. That's awesome. So in terms of kind of all of the different hats that you wear, you know, you're probably juggling multiple different you know, roles or hats that you're wearing at different times and kind of all of that good stuff going on. So in terms of that, you know, if I were to ask, you know, kind of what's your story or kind of what brought you to the place that you're currently in, what would you tell me? And you can kind of start that wherever, you know, feels good or sounds good to you. So when I think about that, I usually look at, right, my age. And by the time you reach my age, you have multiple stories to tell, right? Mm -hmm. um, I came from the Lower East Side of Manhattan. I met my husband when we were camping, um, got married at a young age, moved upstate, raised my daughters, have always been in ministry since of the age of 14, started with youth. And then I've pretty much done the gamut, right? Of yeah. all different ministries within our church. We've been there probably for about 29 years now. That's awesome. Um, but I guess my passion, you know, it changed. It changed. Mm -hmm. I used to do a lot of teaching, a lot of workshops. Um, I've written a few books. And um, I think the story that I want to share today with you and I know that you also followed my updates and I thought it was important um, because that disease was still pretty new was um, a year ago. You mm -hmm. know, my life took a, a, a drastic change. Mm -hmm. I contracted COVID, as a matter of fact, a year ago this week. Oh, my goodness. So it's been a year and um, I got very, very sick. It was a very traumatic experience. I ended up in the ICU and, um, you know, it's been a year of healing, mm -hmm. you know, um, I think that when you experience something like that, it kind of, uh, redirects you. It kind of redefines you Yeah, and it could be either for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. And you have to get to that place, um, where, you determine, you make the choice which way your life is going to go. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of changes in this past year. Mm -hmm. And so I no longer am able to juggle all of these different hats mm -hmm. all at the same time. I'm, I, I, I'm kind of make fun of um, my husband and say, I'm like you now. I can only do one thing at a time. <laughs> Whereas you are, you are such an A-type personality that being somebody who was kind of constantly on the move and doing all of those things, that had to be quite the adjustment. It was extremely hard. Um, it was extremely painful because, mm -hmm. you know, whether you realize it or not, sometimes those things do define you. 
you yeah. know, it, it, it's your lifestyle for a very mm-hmm. long time. And so, you know, when your body is not cooperating with you and you can no longer, you know, be at a thousand miles per hour and now you're at, you know, 25, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's very humbling. Yeah. You know, um, you get to that place of, okay, so what do I do next? Mm-hmm. So it's a big, um, you're presented with a big question mark as far as, you know, your future. How are you going to handle certain things? Um, how are you going to maneuver through this new territory? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Hispanic, I am Puerto Rican, and I'm a woman. We don't have off switches. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so in terms of kind of being an I had no idea that it was this week. I should have thought of that, honestly, just following the updates. So obviously that holds a significant weight for you, I'm sure, kind of both in terms of the fact that it was a year ago. And I'm sure there's probably various different emotions that you're feeling this week in terms of it being the one year anniversary of that experience. Um, And for those of you who don't know, like she very much did allude to the fact that it was a pretty traumatic experience um, and she did a really great job at kind of keeping everybody updated as much as she possibly could. But it was definitely um, just as somebody watching it and watching you go through that, you know, that was really hard to watch just knowing you as a person and kind of knowing everything that you stand for and all that you're involved in. So to even understand the magnitude of, you know, what that had to feel like for you personally and for your family to be going through. um, I can only imagine. I couldn't even begin to fathom that. Um, but in terms of kind of how you were just saying, you know, basically in walking through that, you realized that you kind of had to reprioritize a little bit and kind of step back from some things or at least not be doing so many things at once at the moment. What have you kind of, what have you pursued and what are some of the things that you've let go right now? And was that kind of a God conversation or kind of, how did you get to where you are in terms of what you were kind of deciding to focus your time and energy on versus, you know, just let go or possibly put on the back burner for this season? Um, I think that my body made the choice, right? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it says I cannot do that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. um, I used to do a virtual um, devotional every single morning. Um, early in the morning, I think it was about seven o'clock in the morning. I don't function very well at seven o'clock in the morning anymore. Yeah. Um, so I have a, a few women that ask me from time to time, are you going to pick up the devo- devotional again? And right now the answer is no, because I mm-hmm. can't. And I had to be, I had to learn how to be okay with that. Right. So when you go through these types of, 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 illnesses where things are not the same it's taking a little while longer to heal Mm -hmm. you have to make the decision sometimes that it's okay if you let go of certain things it's okay if you don't do as much as you used to so I used to lead a group and it was only once a month in this case in my church um and I, and I decided I was not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a pastor over the Spanish ministry within our church. And we are raising up the, or we, I should say, re, um, redoing the structure 
of the ministry and they asked me if I wanted to head up women's ministry and I told them I couldn't and that I thought it would be better if somebody else did and I would be a consultant. Mm-hmm. Whereas before I probably would have jumped right in. Right. Um, I have an organization called Covenant Sisters. We haven't been able to um, have an activity together, of course, because of all the COVID restrictions now that they're being lifted up. We decided we won't restart it till next January. So there's quite a few things that I had to kind of step back a little bit. Mm -hmm. I used to teach um, monthly, sometimes every other week in church. I stepped back from that. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think sometimes people think, oh, you know, you're not doing what you used to and, and that's not really good. No, I think it's 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 a good thing because it gives you time to kind of redefine, you know, what you want to do that has more meaning to you. Not, mm-hmm. not necessarily meaning that what you did in the past didn't have meaning. It's just that there are certain things that happen to you where you see life very differently. Yeah. No, and I can totally resonate with that. Not, I'm going to draw a comparison and it's obviously not on the same level in terms of, well, it was severe, but not in terms of, you know, the conversation that we're having about you and what you walked through. But I can definitely, you know, resonate with that because when I got diagnosed with Lyme finally, after almost a decade of trying to figure out what I was sick with and what was going on, you know, I very much resonated with that season of your body was just not cooperating Mm -hmm. with working up with what you're used to doing. And you've known me for a long time and you're very aware that I'm an A-type personality who's basically always has my hand in something. And if not one thing, it's multiple things um, that I'm involved in. So I can completely understand in terms of, you know, when you're an A-type personality who's basically almost forced by your body or by your health or whatever the situation is to take a step back and kind of reassess and reevaluate you know, where you are and what the priorities are. Um, it's great because it's like you said, it's humbling and it really allows the space to kind of just take a step back. And, you know, for me, I spent a lot of time intimately with the Lord, just kind of figuring out what those next steps were and what that was going to look like. Uh, but on the flip side of that, being very real with it, and we're kind of drawing different comparisons because I know we're also different age brackets here, but it was almost like an identity crisis for me, <laughs> at least. You know what I mean? You know, for my whole life, now, mind you, I'm only 22. I know that, but mm-hmm. I had been defined by the things that I did. You know, and I was somebody who often drew my identity from the things that I was involved in or the things that I was, quote unquote, accomplishing or kind of that type of thing. So when you kind of have to scale those things back and kind of get rid of them, at least by force and not really by your own choice. Right. Um, that can be a really hard thing to walk through. And at that point, when everything's kind of being stripped away, you're kind of left in this place where you're having a conversation about what am I left with and who am I? Kind of like we were right. saying at the beginning, you know what I mean? Who exactly. am I when I'm not all of these things? Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, after walking through that and kind of being on the opposite side of that, there's so much that you can learn and grow from and just really intimately walk with the Lord and in that season. And I'm, I'm very grateful that I walked through that season, despite obviously the circumstances which brought me there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can definitely really resonate with, um, with really just identifying ourselves with what we're involved in, if that makes sense. Kind of like you were alluding to at the very beginning of the podcast. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's that place 
in your life where you kind of step back and say, it's almost like having a clean slate. Yeah. You know, and saying, okay, so what am I going to do now? And what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. And um, question mark, question mark, question mark. And so, you know, for me, it was a t- it's a, it's a season of rest. Yeah. And we don't know how to rest. Nope. <laughs> talking about just, you know, uh, uh, putting your, your feet in the sand and, and being at the beach. And mm-hmm. I, I'm talking about really getting to that place of it's okay if I'm not doing everything that I used to do. Yeah. Just going to trust. Yeah. I'm just going to trust and surrender and just go with it. Yeah. And so it's been a a big, a big learning experience for me Mm -hmm. because it's the first time since I was a young kid that I'm, that I'm, I'm in this place. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in terms of, you know, physical rest for me, like I'm somebody who can't even sit down and watch a TV show because I don't have the attention span for that. You know what I mean? Um, Like I'm doing four things at once and I am constantly like, if I'm working out, I'm listening to a podcast. If I'm doing this, I'm doing something else at the same time. Like that is just who I am. I go, Mm -hmm. go, go. I don't sit. So being forced to sit one, obviously the physical rest was imperative in terms of health for me. And obviously, of course you, But I think there's something significant about the fact that also in that season, while everything's kind of being stripped away and you're forced to physically rest your body and, you know, uh, take retreat, I think there's something important there, too, because I think on a deeper level, it was probably, uh, you know, a piece of soul rest, too. Yes. Um, And for me, I know that in that season of being able to step back or being forced to step back, I guess we could say, um, that was a really transformational season for me in terms of you know my faith my faith walk but also you know my intimacy with Christ after walking through something now I'm saying my situation was hard obviously yours the same thing just different scale but you know walking through hard seasons of life you know that really just brought a new intimacy to my relationship with God and kind of where I was going to go from that Um, in terms of walking through that how how did your faith walk change So I'm glad you asked that (laughs) because, you know, a lot of times we think that when someone gets very ill, that they're by themselves in the case of people who had COVID where they didn't allow family to visit. Mm -hmm. It's a very isolating experience. Yeah. However, um, I can attest to that God becomes very real and very tangible when you're, when you're really, really sick. Mm -hmm. Um, He is ever present. However, (laughs) because of, um, of how long and how, how I think that I, the aftermath of being in the hospital really shocked me. Mm -hmm. And so when I got home, I had lost my mobility. Mm -hmm. Um, my lungs were compromised. Mm -hmm. My, um, you know, I had bad COVID fog and to explain COVID fog a little bit, it almost feels like the two halves of your brains, of your brain separates Mm -hmm. and it's not, they're not talking to each other. So you're not processing information correctly. Uh So I lost the ability to speak coherently. 
I also forgot how to text, how to call my family, how to use the phone. I had to constantly ask the nurses to come in towards the end of my stay in the hospital. And a lot of people don't understand um, the effects that COVID has on certain people. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, the effects afterwards. Right. Because it takes months. And so, you know, in the beginning, I was like, okay, we're going to have to figure this out. And um, I'm blessed. And you know it because, you know, my family, I'm blessed with um, with a great family. They decided yeah. to keep me home instead of sending me to a rehab center. Um, and they all pitched in and took turns. I had visiting nurses. I had a visiting physical therapist. I had a visiting actually speech therapist because I had to learn how to, um, you know, speak again. And, and um, when you're not able to breathe correctly, it, it affects so many different things. Right. And so one of the things that, that surprised me was, I think it was like maybe two or three weeks when I was home, I started to get um, very bad anxiety attacks. Uh-huh. And so they explained that that's also part of the aftermath of COVID and it comes from the subconscious. So I couldn't even figure out what were the triggers. Mm-hmm. So we got that under control probably two weeks after that. But as the weeks started to become months, I really started to get very frustrated and then the frustration became anger and of course the anger was against God Mm -hmm. because I started to ask questions like why did you allow this to happen why are you not healing me why is this taking so long and you know on and on and on it went and so since I'm a writer at heart you know I journal you and me both sister (laughs) you know it's so important right to get all of the mess that's in your head on paper Mm -hmm. um i started to actually write two months after i got home from the hospital it was very um gibberish (laughs) Uh but i didn't care I, i kept writing and um you know the lord at at a certain point started to ask me to write a book and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Um, but I think it's necessary because I don't believe that I am the only person that has gotten angry with God and has had, you know, all of these different questions that I asked, you know, yeah. and I was persistent and, and it, it's, it's almost contradictory, right? For you to be angry at God, but keep seeking answers right so it wasn't like I totally shut down and stopped talking to him it's just that my prayers were more like angry um, tantrums (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. and um, so I started to write and I started to ask God very significant questions and what I noticed was that there was a pattern that began to happen where he kept answering me because I was the type of person that always had a message in my ears. Now, in the beginning, I couldn't handle messages. I could only handle like instrumental music because if you had long messages, long anything, text messages, 
phone calls were very short. I, I just couldn't handle it. It was like overload for me. But yeah. as time progressed um, and I was able to listen to messages, you know, God started giving me answers. And I started to actually, you know, put it in, in the book. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there are times that you can go through something that, that's really, really tough. Mm-hmm. And yet you will always learn from it, no matter mm-hmm. what. You know, you learn a lot about yourself, number one. Yeah. <laughs> right. How you respond, how you view things, how your views change. And then also you also learn about your spiritual side, how you are with God, mm-hmm. who he is to you. Yeah. What is the, the, the spiritual lesson, right? Because this is not only a, a lesson of emotions or, or physical or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. But also the spiritual side. Um, you, you walk away from it with deeper understanding. I think I, think I walked away, I'm walking away from this with, with deeper compassion, mm-hmm. um, with a deeper understanding of suffering. Mm-hmm. And... Um, just a different type of view in life. Yeah. Altogether. Yeah. Just that perspective shift. Yeah. And I, I love that you said, I'm just going to go back to what you just said, because that really spoke to me, um, that you're probably not the only one who's ever been angry at God. Right. Um, and I think that's really important because I think, I don't want to say it's overlooked, but sometimes I think that side of just life in general isn't really talked about. You know what I mean? We see a lot of the good stuff and the great things happening and the celebratory things and all of that stuff. Um, But sometimes I do think we forget about that other side that you were kind of just talking about and alluding to. Um, I know you're definitely not the only one who's been angry at God because I know I've been there too. So I know for a fact, if the two of us have been there, that there's probably other people in the world who can resonate with that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're told to to turn to God and, you know, thank him to praise him to all, you know, all of the good stuff. Right. But I think sometimes we forget that the same God that we can thank and praise and love and rejoice in is also the same God that, you know, we can be angry with, you know what I mean? We can be upset. We can show our true emotions. We can take all of that to him. Um, I don't think it necessarily needs to be the good and the bad. I think it should be a reminder that despite what the questions are, despite how that situation or, you know, what's happening, um, God can handle all of those things. And like you were saying, it was when you turned to him in those moments of anger and frustration and just hurt probably overall that he was really just working in your spirit and revealing things to your heart that you probably, I don't want to make the assumption that you probably wouldn't have encountered, but I'm going to say probably wouldn't have encountered or at least walked in that space with him had this not happened. So it's interesting, right? Because, um, writing that book was an obedience journey. It was one of those mm-hmm. things where I, I didn't want to write it. Mm-hmm. I um, explained a lot about what I went through quite purposely. Yeah. And then all of the questions that came up during that time, because what I'm learning, especially with talking to others who have gone through, Especially these past two years where there have been so many people that have experienced um, the loss of a loved one. Mm -hmm. You and I 
had a mutual person that that we lost yep. um what happens is that when you go through one thing after another after another after another it creates a pattern that chips away on your faith yep and it also tries to distort the goodness of god yeah from your perception your view it tries to distort that completely and so what happens is that there are a lot of people who um say they are believers and they really are they're believers but they're living a tortured life inside or they're yeah. living they're not living in the fullness of what god offers them because they're still angry with god for certain things yeah it could be for a loss of health loss of a loved one an unanswered prayer Mm-hmm. or something that they're going through right now um you know with maybe someone that they love or something that happened to somebody that they loved or to them mm-hmm. and so it's not just one event it, it it's usually a pattern of things that begins to happen that the enemy uses to chip away to chip away to chip away and so when he's chipping away there can be a moment in your life where you go through something traumatic, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or some type of tragedy or some type of loss that's very close to you that really fractures you. Yeah. And so when you're looking at at those pieces where you're all broken, how do you how do you how do you um pull it back together? And it was interesting cuz one day I was reading something, you know, and I was telling God I I felt like Humpty Dumpty, right? Mhm. And um, I read something that a lot of times we're praying for God to put us back together again. And there are times that there are pieces that have broken off that you no longer need. Mm. You don't need to pick it up again. You mm-hmm. don't need those pieces because it, it, it's a brand new you. Mm-hmm. It's a different you. And it's okay for you to be different. It's okay for you to have different views, perception. It's okay if your life doesn't look like what it used to look like in the past. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we want everything to be the same and there are times where life is just not going to be the same. It's right. going to be very different. So how do you adjust? Right. You know, so um, I did want to share the title of my book. I'm hoping that it comes comes out in in the fall. But um, the title of my book is going to be um, Betrayed by God, The Unspoken Feeling. Mm, So good. You know, there's certain people that they actually feel like they've been betrayed. Now, I, I have to let you know that I had to look up the definition, which means to be let down, right? Mm-hmm. But when I first got that title, I was like a little mortified because I was like, I don't want to say that. Right, right. <laughs> but I heard a story one time, it was an interview, and the gentleman asked this woman, didn't you feel like you were betrayed by God when, you know, you are the type of person that has been ministering and helping the community all your life and your only son died god didn't heal him didn't you feel betrayed Mm -hmm. and it was like it just like it really hit me hard 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's the title, Betrayed. Mm-hmm. And it was so harsh. But right. do you know that I really, truly believe that it's not something that you feel forever, right? Or right. always or anything like that. But there have been times where you you feel let down. You yeah. feel like God did not come through. You, you were envisioning... Um, things working out one way and, and, and it did not happen. You yeah. envisioned a person being healed and they died instead. Mm-hmm. You envisioned having healing and it's taking a very long time or you're not fully where you used to be. Yeah. There's like so many different things that happen in life where you feel like God has let you down. And it's an unspoken feeling because we don't share it. Right. We don't ask, you know, we feel like that's a territory that we shouldn't um, tread on. Mm -hmm. And um, we back away from it. But then what happens is that you're, you're living a life where you truly start not to believe that God can do certain things. Yeah. And so your expectations, they're either lowered or they're diminished Mm -hmm. because you're not expecting God to do for you or God to do certain things when you're praying for it. Mm -hmm. It it just that hope goes away. And so my prayer is that this book is going to resurrect hope. Yes. I claim that in the name of Jesus, man. Uh, you know, I invited you on here because I knew you were going to bring a word, but woo, you are bringing the word <laughs> and you're bringing the word right to me, which you always do whenever we talk. But <laughs> I just, oh my goodness. I'm so glad that I had you. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to share that. And I am so excited to see that you said the book's going to come out in the fall, hopefully. Yes. In the fall. Awesome. That's the target. <laughs> awesome. So once you get all of that, I will make sure that I link all those details to this episode, but thank you so much for taking the time to share all of that. And you could, I could just feel, um, I'm going to be honest. I could just feel the Holy spirit as you were just speaking that over, you know, not just me, but everybody that's going to be listening to this and just how much truth just resonated with that. Because like you said, um, it's not, it's not, I just totally lost my train of thought. It's not that people don't feel that way. It's not that people don't feel betrayed. It's not that people don't feel hurt. It's not that people, that people don't back away when, you know, times you get tough or things don't work out in the way that you would hope they would. Um, but I think there is this kind of unspoken, like you were just saying, you know, when people are feeling that way, nobody talks about that. Uh, nobody wants to be the person that says, Hey, I'm the one who's doubting God, or I'm the one who's feeling betrayed by God right now. Cause that, that's not a fun conversation. No, it's not. not. Um, But the fact that one, you not only were vulnerable enough and open enough to kind of just share that with everybody, but also the fact that you were so obedient and, you know, just walking intimately with the Lord in that season. And then your act of obedience and writing a book that's going to serve as a tool uh, and a gift for other people. And like you said, hopefully resurrect other people's hope. Um, that just speaks so much to who you are as a person and what your character is and the posture of your heart. And um, I'm just so grateful that you did that and you took that step of obedience. And I'm really excited to read that. But I also know that you're going to bless so many people in the process of that. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Of course. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit if you're okay with that. Absolutely. All right. So we kind of just talked a little bit about, you know, 
I'm going to say the story or let's say the chapter of life that you're in, right? This current Mm -hmm. situation, this current season. Um, And we talked a little bit about your transitional phase and kind of how things have been changing up for you and just what life looks like now. So my question for you is in your current season of life, what is a dream that's on your heart right now? Or what is something in this season of life that you're excited about? My grandson. (laughs) (laughs) I had a feeling that that was going to be some incorporation of the answer. (laughs) That that is the first person I'm excited about. Um, My grandson, my daughter was pregnant um, when I, she found out she was pregnant while I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And she was my advocate. And she was constantly calling the hospital to make sure that I was getting the proper care. And I felt really bad. You know, it's hard to hear these stories uh, that she was pregnant and she got the bad news that things could go either way Mm -hmm. Um, one day. And she took it extremely hard, you know, and um, because she was pregnant and because she's my daughter. Right. And um, so I was told that she was pregnant, I think it was two or three weeks after I got out of the hospital. And that was like one of the best gifts that motivated me to try to get uh-huh. faster, uh-huh. right? Because I wanted to be available to help her um, when she got out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. So that was like the best thing that happened you know the greatest gift the second greatest gift that i got um july 4th was that my youngest daughter got engaged oh that's so exciting i saw it on social media but what an exciting season so for me those have been really um great things as far as you know what i'm dreaming about what's really um tough right now is that i'm at that place again it's a blank slate and i'm Mm -hmm. trying to figure out okay god what do I want to do next? Yeah. And the one thing that I really, truly, truly believe, um, you know, and embrace with all of my heart is that I want to do, and I, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, I want to do projects that are very meaningful to me that, that, that bring some type of, um, I don't know, a purpose, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, in my life. So, there was a project that we started to work on um, or to talk about, I should say, last year. Um, I was invited to Costa Rica, I believe it was two years ago, right before um, COVID got out of hand and they started shutting down borders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to Costa Rica. We did a retreat over there. And there was an organization or the sister, I should say, that was from the States that moved to Costa Rica that is building a facility for women to rescue women um, from sex trafficking. Wow. And so a group of people went from my church in January and I couldn't go because I was still having breathing issues. Mm -hmm. And so I actually sat down with one of the girls that's on the board of directors um, for this facility. And she was like, I really, really would like you to be part of this and to go look at it. And I didn't tell her yes right away because Mm -hmm. I've learned that I need to step back for a minute and say, is this really where you want me, Lord? You right. know, because before I used to be like gun ho, let's go, let's do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, and that's what made my plate very full very quickly. 
-hmm. And so it, it's, it's kind of different this year because it's like, okay, I asked my husband, okay, can you come with me next year? Because we were planning to go next year um, to go see the facility. And I asked him, can you come with me to see this place to see if this is something I really want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I felt that it was important that it's almost like a partnership. Can you see where, you know, what I want to do? Yeah. Type of thing. And usually um, Richie's very easy. He's like, you do whatever it is that the Lord leads you. But for some reason, I felt that it was important that he should also mm-hmm. see it this go round. We also have a emissions um, facility that is in Peru. Mm-hmm. that the Spanish ministry is supporting right now. And we're building, you know, their Sunday school part of their mm-hmm. church. That's awesome. So we're supposed to go to Peru to, to see the, you know, the final um, building structure. And that's exciting. And, you know, so yeah. I keep telling the Lord, you got to make my lungs like fully well, because I want to do, you know, I want to go sightseeing also. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you need, you know, good lungs to be traveling in, in the yeah. mountains. But those are things that are like, they, they, they make such a big difference. I yeah. feel it, it, these are things that are so needed. Right. Yeah. And so um, these are the little projects that I'm thinking that I'll be doing, you know, or I will be doing in the future. But um, one of the things that are, is really starting to excite me is that um, I also decided that I want to help people express um, or share their stories through book writing. Mm-hmm. And so there's been, you know, quite a few people who have told me, Raz, I want to write a book, but I don't know how to go about it. And uh-huh. so I'm, I'm, I started helping, you know, a couple of people um, within their writing journey, you know, how to start writing uh-huh. and then, you know, put a schedule together for them, you know, with all the things that they need uh-huh. to do it and have gone, come alongside them. So that's something that's a bit different for me. I've done it, um, once before for my spiritual dad and his book got published and it felt really good. And I was like, you know, I think I think that's something that's a little bit different mm-hmm. that I haven't done in the past because I was just way too, too busy. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that you learn when you slow down is, and I know that we talk about it and and we and we say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think we really realize it until we really slow down and start to pour ourselves into others. Mm. Yeah. You know, relationships are eternal Mm -hmm. and we forget that. And we put so much emphasis on things that are not eternal Mm -hmm. and we put so much energy and, and believe me, you, I'm not saying that doing different things is bad. It's just, I think that, sometimes we're pouring so much into things that we forget about relationships and relationships are eternal. Mm-hmm. So what you pour in is what you get out. Yes. I love that. 
I love that you also, and I'm just going to reiterate it again, because you're just kind of pouring out all the good stuff tonight. (laughs) I knew you would. Um, You said it wasn't really until you, I'm going to paraphrase, but I'm going to say slow your, slowed your roll that you were able to really just kind of take a step back and say, you know, Lord, is this for me? And I think there's that, that's a lot of wisdom that somebody could pick up if they're listening to this, because oftentimes I think in, in the busyness of the world and just the, the hustle and bustle of our culture and society, especially like we're ingrained to think that you constantly have to be on the go and doing something and being productive and achieving something and all of those things, which by all means, none of those things are bad things. I'm not saying that at all. But like you were saying, it was because you're an A-type personality, you know, you you really felt that your plate was getting filled up very quickly. And it wasn't until kind of this new season where you were, you know, taking a step back and just using wisdom and discernment and kind of listening for the Lord and his guidance on things that you were able to kind of just discern what was meant for you in the season and what wasn't. And it was really cool to hear you say that, you know, after sharing that, that one of the things that was kind of on your heart or that you're excited about is the fact that you're starting to help other people um, with writing. And I just think that's so cool. And just knowing you that comes so full circle, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, How awesome is it that God's just using the gifts that have been your talents and capabilities and the gifts he's bestowed upon you. And now you're in turn, using them to help others. Um, I just think that's so awesome. And I just, it was really cool to hear you say that because it was just really unique to hear the way that that whole thing played out that you probably wouldn't be helping people with that type of thing right now had it not been for you having to slow your role, meaning had you have not walked through this last season that you've walked through. Yeah. So uh, think about it. I've had um, my schedule has got, had gotten to the point where I had to sit with my husband right to plan out our weeks mm-hmm. and um if people even my family if they wanted to invite me to you know a, a family event they knew that they had to contact me at least three months in advance mm-hmm. and um because of what happened they know they don't have to do that anymore mm-hmm. and so I've spent I I have spent a lot of time with my family of course lately mm-hmm. um and they love it. Yeah. You know, they they love that I'm available. They they love that when we're having conversations, I'm present. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you're very busy at times, you're always thinking of, oh, I have to do this or I have to prepare this. And you're not giving the full attention to the people that love you the most. Right. You know, a lot of times. You're, you're, you're just thinking ahead or, you know, kind of nodding, but you're not there. Yeah. So this, it, it shined the light on, on an area that perhaps, you know, we make a lot of excuses for mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and um, it shined the light on, on how much I needed to invest back into my family. Now, mind you, I, I'm very blessed my girls still want to go on vacation with me. Mm-hmm. You know, we have family vacations at least once a year. We're very overdue um, because of what happened. But we have one coming up at the end of the year. And I am extremely blessed mm-hmm. that I have people in my life that have been very patient, mm-hmm. you know, and have loved me through this. Mm-hmm. And so... I owe them. I owe them a great deal. 
um, and I, I'm not, I'm not slowing down because I owe them. I'm slowing down because I've seen the fruit of investing even, even more in my family time, the conversations, um, just being present. It's invaluable. Mm-hmm. And we have, we have moved away from, from really being a family. Mm-hmm. And family, if you really think about it, is the foundation of the church. Mm-hmm. If that's weak, your your church has weak links. Yep. If that's strong, then then your church becomes stronger. And um, you know, I I gotta tell you, I love it. I love that I have such a, a precious family. I love that I've been able to connect with certain friends very deeply during this time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that one of the things that we often forget is that in busyness we sometimes even forget about nurturing or strengthening our relationship with God yeah so when you're stripped away from everything you know of everything I should say what's left yeah and so what's left is God Mm -hmm. right and so I think that it's so precious when you understand that God is with you no matter what, mm-hmm. that God is for you no matter what, mm-hmm. that he is patiently waiting um, for you to talk to him no matter what. Yeah. He's always there. And um, one of the things that I used to explain to the girls that always melted in my heart um, was that God, the way that God's love works is like when you first fall in love and you have that butterfly in the stomach feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, so imagine that butterfly in the stomach feeling when it comes to God. That's how he always feels about you, mm-hmm. no matter what. And that's deep. That. It's powerful. Yeah. You know, he pursues you. Even when you're, you don't have time for him, mm-hmm. he pursues you. And so when you slow down and you have that, that understanding or that revelation or, you know, that, that tweak of the perception of, wow, you know, I've been so busy doing for God that there have been times that I forget he's always waiting. Yeah. He's waiting for, for me to connect with him you know, to talk with him, to do life with him, to include him in, in everything mm-hmm. and just, just, you know, have relationship with him. And so that, that relationship with him spills over to all the other relationships. Yeah. And we forget that. Yeah, no, for sure. I had read this thing um, a couple of days ago and it was kind of this whole it was a sermon that somebody had wrote, but somebody had actually typed out what the person was saying. And one of the things that she had said, which was kind of very similarly aligning to what you were saying right now is, you know, God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never mislead you. Uh, but he will also never cancel your appointment in his appointment book. Yep. And I just love that because I think that's such a true testament. One, that you kind of forget about, but two, also just directly related back to what you were saying. You know what I mean? He is always there. He's always present and he's always waiting on us. Um, And just what a sweet reminder uh, what you just said was. Um, 
So you basically kind of already answered my question without me, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm going to see if there's anything that you want to add to it. Cause I was just really rolling with that. Cause you were, oh my gosh, I am blown away and not at all surprised, but completely and utterly blown away as per usual. Um, One of the questions that I always like to ask people when I host them and kind of get to talk with them and talk about their story is, you know, in this present season of life or however far you've come in your life so far, if you were to offer just one piece of advice, what would that be? And it could be in relation to anything. Um, I think I would say is don't let your do define you mm-hmm. because it can all go away in a blink of an eye. I love that. And that really just came full circle to how we opened this up. Mm-hmm. You're so good. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't even need to be elaborated on because everything that you were just speaking on and everything that you've shared over the last um, amount of time that we've been recording has just been a direct correlation to to that. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Um, And my final kind of closing out question for you is what are some of the biggest lessons, which again, this is almost rhetorical because I feel like you've kind of covered a lot of this and just how we've naturally been speaking. Uh, but what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned along the way? Or what's the biggest lesson you've learned in this season? Um, I learned a lot of lessons, right? <laughs> so whatever ones you feel comfortable sharing, how about that? <laughs> uh, so I think that I, I had touched on this right um, right before. Relationships are the most important treasure. Yeah. Because they continue throughout, throughout eternity. And I think that is the greatest comfort that you and I had, right? Yeah. When... Yep. When um, Donna passed, yep. it was very special to me. And, and so there are times I imagine her, you know, yelling at me or, <laughs> or rooting for me yep. uh, <laughs> uh, from heaven. Um, yeah. But you know, relationships are, are extremely important. I think um, the other lesson is not bad to slow down. Yeah. It, it's not the end of the world. You know, the other lesson is that, again, in relationships, not all relationships are going to remain. There are relationships that just can't handle the changes that you may have gone through. Yeah. Um, I talked about compassion. I think that's very important. I am part of a support group and I do it quite purposely, even though I'm quiet within the group on Facebook Mm -hmm. to read because I want to see what's going on. And sometimes they give me answers for stuff that I want to try that's different. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I I have a lot of compassion. People don't understand that people who are um, experiencing symptoms um, or the aftermath of COVID, they're called COVID long haulers. Mm -hmm. There are so many people that are still suffering horribly. Mm-hmm. I have a girlfriend that needs new kidneys. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that um, have fibromyalgia. Yep. You know, people who um, are still having trouble breathing or moving, walking. You name it, the list is extremely long. There are a lot of people who are still extremely sick. And this has been going on for months or even years at this point because, you know, we're two, we're two and a half years in. Right. And there've been people who've been sick for a year, two years now. Yeah. You know, so this is going to impact healthcare, but 
I think that this business has impacted hope. Yeah. There's a lot of people that have been affected emotionally by all of this. And so I think that there's a little bit more compassion that we all need, mm-hmm. you know, with, with not just this, but just compassion, period. Yeah. I think that sometimes we become a little desensitized because of um, what's available, you know, on um, within the media, TV, movies, and all that. Yeah. And um, so I've learned to be slow to speak mm-hmm. and listen more. Yeah. So I think I think those were probably my my biggest lessons. Um, I also, as I look back, I'm also shocked at how strong or stronger I've become because mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. Your resiliency, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and I've been told, you know, you're very resilient and I didn't, I didn't feel resilient during, mm-hmm. you know, you don't feel resilient and you feel like you're, you're clawing your way back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I, I know that I am a walking miracle. Yeah. Amen. And, um, and I, and I have to give God the glory. Amen. He, he, he deserves it all, right? It has nothing to do necessarily with what I did. Um, it, it was with his help, right? That I'm, that I'm still here. I still have a destiny. I still have things that I have to accomplish, mm-hmm. you know, messages I need to Shame. not only um, speak, but right mm-hmm. there, um, and just and just keep giving hope. I love that. And if anything would really just sum up and be a synopsis of who you are, it would be exactly that word. And that word is hope. And I am just so grateful. And I am so blessed by the fact that you just spent the last hour or so with me. And I just also know that so many people who take the time to listen to this are really just going to be so blessed by you and just the words that you spoke and the story you shared. And you just shared with such, you know, raw authenticity and just a genuine you know spirit you were raw you were open you were transparent um but you also just brought so much wisdom and and just grace to this conversation and I really can't thank you enough um you're just somebody who I know personally I'm totally gonna plug you right now um you're someone (laughs) I've looked up to for a very long time and even though like you were saying you know seasons change and life happens and all that stuff you know even if we weren't always in constant contact or keeping in touch, I was at least keeping up. Um, And I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart, you are somebody that I so very much admire. Um, And like you were saying, just your strength, your resiliency, your leadership, um, and your love of Christ, it's adamant and it's apparent. And I'm so grateful and blessed to know you. So thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for allowing me to share my story with you today. Absolutely. I'm I'm really excited for everybody to hear it. And I guys, we're just going to wrap up with that. I don't think there's anything else I could say that would, you know, better round out this awesome episode. So thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys like this one and we'll see you soon. Bye.